Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Motown and Coney, the bonus edition, hitting you every Wednesday. God, a lot has went on in the world. Um, oh, yeah. Just going to give y'all quick some quick rundowns. You had, what is it, Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson from the the whole Yankee White Sox Um yeah. Saying you had the Josh say uh, calling Tim Anderson Jackie. Yeah, calling him Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah that that right there, man. Now we uh, well the, the reason why we're bringing it up because he did issue an apology to him and and um and he also apologized to the uh, the Robinson family, but um I don't know, man. It, it just feels like. If he has a history of uh, getting under people, yeah, he because they say like I guess his teammates don't even like him, so that's... yeah, like he got a history of getting under people's skin. So um, I call bullshit on his apology, yeah. by the way. So I I I've never been a fan of the I messed up. Let me issue this apology. <laughs> I'm just and like some of it is like that's how you felt. Like yeah, own your shit. Yeah, yeah, just own your shit. I'd rather somebody say, you know, I, I I fucked up this how I felt like and just move on. But the whole apology and I'm like, no, this is who you are as a person. So, yeah, like, stop it. We know he on some bullshit like from the fucking beginning. And Rodney, speaking of on your shit. So I just want to mention that at Motown and Coney podcast, we feel like we're your favorite podcast podcast you know what i mean like i know you don't probably sit top in a lot of people's podcast category because some of the more popular ones have been in your ear for a long time and they've inspired us yeah so but, but we we growing we getting there yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say and Rodney took the words right off but we getting there we getting there sooner or later you know you're gonna love us a little more you're gonna listen to us a little more so um with that being said rodney um i feel like you know, I, I feel like in the podcast community, a lot of us like borrow from each other. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. And I feel like, well, I ain't going to say it's weird, but we borrow from each other. It's weird to others, but we understand. So a lot of times you might hear the same things reiterated over and over again because there's only like a few topics that you can talk about. But it feels like sometimes like you'll hear our specific hot takes on other podcasts and that's fine too we welcome all of that so a lot of times you shout us out like we shout y'all out <laughs> yeah. i see rodney said the same thing he like what acknowledge me doesn't roman reigns <laughs> yeah. like acknowledge me and like i know at least somebody somewhere and that's why i told rodney i said somebody somewhere is listening to us because a lot of the things that we say they say that shit again on a lot of the other podcasts so that's cool like it's fine with me like I, I give us our shout out send, send <laughs> listeners our way we just send listeners to drink champs and uh Jalen and jacoby yeah oh yeah and you know what i'm saying like our small community is gonna be on the rise soon and a lot of people gonna realize a lot of things that other people say we already done said the shit and they just saying the same exact words that we said maybe it's a topic that you only can say a few words too and it's yeah you know and maybe it's just we're stating the obvious all of us are but trust me, you're going to hear it here first because we're going to give you the straight facts. And so with that being said, with straight facts, I want to talk about Big Sean again. 
Okay. Sean Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So I believe, and I was telling Rodney this, I believe that I don't think, because now all of a sudden you're going to hear on these other podcasts and you've been hearing all over the place on Complex and all this other place, all these other uh, uh, public platforms for, for music and hip hop. Now you're hearing people say, on that Mount Rushmore of the big three, it's got to be one more because it's Mount Rushmore, of course. Is Big Sean on your Mount Rushmore next to Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, and Drake? Because they're all around the same time frame. So, Rodney, do you think Big Sean is in that place? <laughs> Top of my head, no. But then I also have to wonder, who would you put in that fourth place other than, because to me, Big Sean is a no, but who else could could you put next to, to those three? Right. that That is true. See, this is my thing. Remember I had said, we, we, we actually, we regurgitating this because everybody knows how I feel about Big Sean. I felt like he had momentum. And sometimes he'll come and he'll give he's, you like a little something. He's had memorable moments, memorable songs. Um, I don't fuck with you, uh, what have you. But I don't think, and I think what separates the big three, especially from him, she doesn't have a memorable album. Right. And and see, and I believe his memorable album, and a lot of people feel like his memorable album is an album that you really don't care for, which is Dark Sky Paradise. I believe in Detroit, the first Detroit album. Yeah, but mixtape. those are his two most recognizable. So albums. if if let's just go with those two, if they're most recognizable, mm-hmm. I don't think they hold the same affinity or love that a Drake's Take Care album has a J. Cole um, 2014 Forest Hill Drive mm-hmm. or Kendrick's uh, Good City Mad Kid album. Right, right. No, I, that's what I was saying. Like, the distance, like, I understand it's the Mount Rushmore, but the distance between him and those other guys, three football fields. And, I mean, I because I do think, in my mind, Big Sean is a phenomenal artist. He has some good songs, has some really great features on other people's albums that I that I love. Um, and I do think he can put together a classic piece of work, hopefully one day. But do there, and I don't know if it's three football fields or five football fields, there's a substantial gap when you just looking at current body of work that's out there exactly it just feels like maybe the timing is off or but at the same time you think about it all those people that were under uh under kanye and you would think like kanye is like one of the he's produced kanye a lot of the stuff that kanye's produced is has been amazing like we we had him listed as like our top producer and Big Sean was under his umbrella for so long. And, it's, yeah, that makes you wonder because Common yeah. B was a classic album. Right. Right off the back. John John Legend, even on the R&B level, 
classic album. Mm-hmm. Pusher T's best albums have been with Kanye. Uh, right. So that just, I mean, even Two Chains even came along and got some stuff. Tiana Taylor, her best work is, in my opinion, is with Kanye also. Yeah. And of course, I mean, you can say Big Sean's best work is under Kanye because that's all he's been is under Kanye. I didn't too much care about his new project that just came out. Like I said, it was forgettable. Oh, the one with Hit Boy? The one with Hit Boy is forgettable. It's only six songs, so I'm going to get them the benefit of the doubt. I, the first two I do love. I mean, it's, The last four, is, um, they could have kept, but. Yeah, I mean, it's six songs, but, and I understand what you're saying, too. Like, I, I listen to the album. It's a few songs on there I like, but they're forgettable. Like, it's stuff that, I know a lot of music is here today going tomorrow, but when you get a Kendrick Lamar album that just came out now, how the hell can you forget this shit? Like it's so impactful. Yeah, not. And you know how I feel about Drake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, you know I am not a fan of the way Drake puts albums together. Uh, right. I think his arrangements are all, but overall, there's way more memorable material on his album than a Big Sean song. I know, and that and that pains me too because everybody knows how we're huge big big shine fans and advocates. And then I I think what also hurts Big Shine is he doesn't have the cross generational appeal of a Drake, J Cole especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you, Rodney, you are right about that, and I, I'm. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what space do we put him? What space is he in? Be, because like, what, you, because you know who who. If I was talking to one of my my students or former students, you know who they would probably put next to J Cole and Kendrick and and Drake. Who? Future. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, so. Okay, so what I learned that Future is actually older than what he is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, um, I thought about putting him on that uh, Mount Rushmore, and maybe he does deserve to be on that Mount Rushmore because during that time, he was being impactful. I mean, you said you wouldn't put Meek Mill up there. I know that already. And I thought... it It's, it's hard for me to say that, but Future probably, I mean, he's... 38. J. Cole is what? 37? Right. About to be 38. And Kendrick, right? Um, Kendrick is about to be 35, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, so, future then. Yeah. I, I, I would put future there. Future yeah, that that would be that would be my, my pick. Um, even though I'm not a huge future fan like that, um, mm-hmm. I do feel like he's had, he's got an iconic album. He's got iconic songs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like my students right now, they're like, can we live, Can you put on a new future album? <laughs> the clean version, put on new. So. Yeah. No, I I feel you. I feel like future has been more impactful in hip hop. And it, that's why I said, I think it's just the timing too. Because a lot of times, you know how when you, you just mentioned on a, on a few podcasts ago, you was like, you called Kendrick Lamar out. He was like, come on, Kendrick. And then, like, he heard you. And he came out with something. It's the timing. Like, with shit going on in the world, with with women wanting, um, you know, with, with Roe versus Wade and with so many different things coming up, 
Then Kendrick Lamar touches on every topic. Yeah, so I feel like, and I know Big Sean's working on the album with um, his boo, mm-hmm. but he has to put out a solo project at some point this year. Yeah. And, and it's it, got to be fucking amazing. Yeah, it's got to be impactful. He can't, because I feel like his issue is a lot of, like like I said, Fuser has iconic albums, iconic songs. I feel like Big Sean, his albums are teeter on okay to good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, And a lot of people might feel like we picking on this man or why we keep bringing him up because we're fucking fans. Yeah. Like, we, want, we want him to win so bad. I want him to be on the Mount Rushmore so bad. I want him just to start dropping fucking gems, like going fucking crazy. Go yeah. back and listen to Lemonade, Big Sean, and then just yeah. go on. <laughs> like, this is the, that's what the fuck I expected. Like, the thing about it is we want Big Sean to win so fucking bad. Like, we feel like it's set up for him to win. Momentum is going in his direction. He did just leave good music. So you got to show and prove right now. You can't say, like, you can't blame nobody right now. You yeah. can't say anybody's holding you back because now you're a free agent and you're doing your thing. So. And hopefully the game, by the way, the game. We the game, game say he's going to drop his album, but we're still waiting. I'm a little bit more hope, hopeful now. Um, I noticed uh, Hit Boy uh, mm-hmm. dropped a sample or something that's supposed to be on the album. So hopefully we're getting closer. I'm not going to hold my breath because I feel like I'll damn near die at this point. But right. <laughs> I mean, the, the build-up for this album <laughs> seems like it's been going on for damn near two years now. For two years. I swear, man, I swear it feel like for two years. And this album has to be amazing because it's called Drillmatic, which means you biting off it two of the greatest Nas albums ever made, Illmatic and Steelmatic. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be amazing, game. No pressure. Man, you better come through and quit playing. He already dropped a couple singles. Yeah, he but dropped those, Easy. Yeah. He dropped another one, but I mean, come on, man. You had the momentum going with Easy. And then nothing. Yeah, so, that's been a. It's almost been like a Kanye album, to be honest. Yeah, but oh my God, man. This shit better be so fucking legendary. I swear to God. Okay. Let's. When this comes out, it'll be June the 1st. Mm hmm. NBA finals will actually be being played the night after on June the 2nd, I believe they start. Okay. Golden State's already punched their ticket. They're looking like a fine oil machine. Mm-hmm. And then we got a tomorrow game for game seven. Boston, Miami. Mm-hmm. Do you see either of either Boston or Miami? being able to defeat Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors? Um, the answer to this one is no. Um, I like I love Boston. I love Miami. I think both of them play really good defense. Um, but they just – right now, they just both look tired. So they both look tired. They both are dealing with some nagging injuries to look like. Mm-hmm. Um 
<clears throat> Shout out to Golden State and their ownership, staying the course. They could have blew things up when KD left. Clay was hurt. They pretty much kept the band together. Made shout out to their GM uh, Myers. Uh, made some what I thought were some great moves. Mm-hmm. Picking up Auto Porter, trading DeAngelo De- Russell, um, getting what had kind of. I want to say Jordan Poole has been the unsung hero, but you can't forget about Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Then using their two draft picks to bring in two players that's actually been able to contribute this year. Yeah, um, Clay Th- Thompson hasn't always played like his old self, but I don't think with the emergence of Port of um, Poole and Wiggins, they need him. Mm-hmm. Steph is. I call Steph like the three point version of Rip Hamilton, always constantly moving. Yeah, and then you got Draymond. Say what you want about him, he he does a little bit of everything. Man does everything. That's he's a workhorse. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize this, Rodney. And I'm glad that you just shine light on this too, because it was a debate that just came up not too long ago, and the debate was, um. Um, basically, does Steph Curry, with him winning the championship, does he surpass LeBron James? So I, I'm going to let you give your take on that first. Like, How do you feel about this? I feel in some way he does. Um, tell you why. LeBron James is, is great, one of the greatest basketball players to ever test a game. I think Steph Curry changed the way the game is played, though. Oh. Be- be- good or bad because <laughs> now you got high school and middle school kids all you want to do is to shoot threes yeah I guess it's like the so a lot of people I and this is just my opinion I think that a lot of people nowadays they're a little bit scared of the physical contact and I believe if you wanted to go down low and also as a little man too going down low the Isaiah Thomases, the Allen Iversons those guys' careers got cut short because they were little men that loved to go on the inside. They had drive to the lane because it was always – Always, always dealing to, with nagging injuries. Always dealing with nagging injuries because you're getting banged around, concussions, ankles, arms, shoulders. Like it, yeah. I remember looking at that poster of Allen Iverson, like all the, the limbs that he had broken or he done like sprained or – like pull muscles, like all types of things going on. The same thing with Zeke and some of the other uh, small men that drive to the hole and attack the rack hard. Um, but Steph Curry, he had these ankle injuries at the beginning of his career because Steph Curry, he used to drive to the hole. Yeah, it was a, it was a question on whether he was going to be a bust or not because he yeah. couldn't stay healthy. Because he couldn't stay healthy. He used to drive to the hole, and then he figured out he went back to his roots. He's going to shoot first. He shoots first and then drives to the hole later. And if you look at Steph Curry injuries, a lot of them are when he's driving to the hole or it's like a screen or something that he got blindsided by. But you never really get injured from shooting jumpers. And Steph Curry is like, okay, I'm going to show you something Yeah, and and I think he's also added the floater to his game. So he might drive, Mm -hmm. get just below the, the free throw line, throw up a floater. Uh, mm-hmm. 
But I don't, the whole LeBron James question, I feel like there's a lot of LeBron James hate going on right now. Oh, yeah. But I feel yeah. like taking LeBron James off the Lakers, they don't win 20 games last season. Oh, yeah. And and don't get me wrong. It, it's two different lanes. I love Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is amazing. LeBron James is in a totally different league, in my opinion, because LeBron is the GM in the organization. Okay, so <laughs> GM coach. Yeah, he the GM. He the coach. He's everything. Okay, Steph Curry, in my opinion, he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. He is one of the goats. But that organization, like you just stated, is fucking amazing. Before LeBron even came to, I mean, I'm sorry. Before uh, KD even came to that team, they had already won a championship. They they chose they draft so well. Not yeah, because they, they draft had well. um, God who who went to Dallas after Cuddy signed Harrison. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes. They drafted yeah. him. Yeah, they drafted Harrison Barnes. They drafted Draymond Green. They drafted Clay. They drafted Steph. Then you you bring in Andre Iguodala, who was actually like you know, I would say he was all he was becoming a seasoned veteran, but he was still young. He was spry. Had legs. He had you know. Is Iguodala. Then you bring in um, Andrew Bogut. Mm-hmm. They drafted some of the other. Uh, they drafted Beedrins. and um, no, no, David West was on that team. Yeah, they brought him in. Yeah, they bring in David West too from um, New Orleans. And then, I mean, then you you win a championship, so you're like, okay, how can we retool? Then you get KD. You get KD. That's your retool. <laughs> that is your retool. You get KD. KD's already a monster by himself. Yeah, you go to three straight finals. Yeah, how the hell do you pull that off? The ownership, the the ownership, ownership and management pulled that off, right? And then KD leaves. Yeah, Clay Thompson is yeah. hurt, and then you retool that. You get Jordan Poole in the draft. Yeah, like you pull off. I don't know how they pulled this off. Um, then D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins trade. Well, you got you think, get Minnesota's pick out of that. <laughs> the main thing that we forgetting, Rodney, they had a top pick in Wiseman. Yeah, like Wiseman was that the hasn't top even played pick. this year. Yeah, he was a top seven, top five pick for them, wasn't he? Something two. like that. Number yeah, two. He was number two in the draft. And then not not only that, the last couple drafts they've been actually having some really good draft picks. So they they're known for de- developing good players like throughout their organization. And it's hard for other teams to do that. The Lakers can't do that. The Lakers draft picks have been sad. Sad draft well, picks. Well, now they don't even have um, – they lost some of draft capital because of the uh, Russell Westbrook trade, the um, Anthony Davis trade. So yeah. um, they're going to be without some – and that's why um, – I'm hoping. Um, I think the rumor Darvin Ham took took the Lakers job, mm, yeah. uh, former Pistons. So I'm hoping he has success. But it's a very. I don't know. Without your draft capital, Westbrook contract looks untradeable at this point. Uh, where where they go, how the how the team improves. Well, there's also rumors and rumblings that. Um, you can have a Kyrie reunion, a Kyrie Irving reunion. Also, 
I so stay I don't, away from Kyrie. Yeah. That's what be. Yeah, I would stay away from Kyrie. I actually really like Russ a lot. I think it was a lot of pressure on him this season, and then a lot of people are, are putting pressure on. It's the Lakers, so with Lakers and, yeah, you and know Knicks, what you and, sign up for when you go to. Yeah, that's what you sign up for. Like coaching is always going to be under under the spotlight. Every player is going to be under the spotlight, and since LeBron, he takes on a lot of that that burden from a lot of those players. But he can't he can't help you with everything, man. And he, I mean, he'll be thirty eight in December, so yeah. Like, he gave you everything that you wanted last season, LeBron did. Um, so, I mean, Kobe, what, got to yeah. 40 when he retired, 38, something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. you have to question how much tread LeBron has left, even though I've learned not to question LeBron. Yeah. he Just quite frankly. I don't see him doing the time Brady playing until he's 45 though so no he's not gonna play till he's 45 but get that man some help and somebody give uh ad some damn milk or something man or he needs to to be on i don't know he what do they call it the osteoporosis (laughs) medicine or something i i just don't and see a lot of people saying k trade westbrook it's not westbrook's fault that Nobody on that team can hit outside jumpers. They were atrocious from three. I watched plenty of the games last season, along with other, you know everyone else. But if you pay attention to those games, everybody talked about the turnovers. Those guys had their hands were terrible. They wouldn't run the floor. A lot of them gave up on on uh, offense and on defense. Well, I mean, their offense was a lot of isolation, and that's what I was saying. Like nobody ran the floor. Yeah. Yeah, so you got Westbrook, who's up tempo. He likes to run the floor. Nobody's running with you, bro. And and that's the sad part about it. You got these. Well, a lot of the guys were older on the team, but nobody was running with them. And a lot of ball was ISO ball. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe that they should trade AD in my opinion. But who talk about take him? talk about hot take. Yeah. Who's who the hell wants? Hey, him? so real quick before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. WNBA, have uh, you been watching? I have been watching. I've been watching my my little baby down there in uh, Atlanta. I love Hillman, so of course <laughs> I'm following her from Michigan. I'm following her whole journey, and I see her turning up. Okay, so my favorite team um, is the Las Vegas um, Aces. They've been balling too. Yes, yeah, seven and one. They play today at. at they're on right now, actually. Um, game started at three. Okay. Um, I personally, so my favorite player is Asia Wilson. Okay. You guys I, haven't known that. I love her. No argument here for me. I like me some Asia Wilson, too. Yeah. But I'm a sucker for Candace Parker, man. I know it's cliche. But to see her doing what she do, I just watched her in the game um, uh, last week against the Washington Mystics. And... That was a damn good game. Yeah. And she went off. She had a triple-double that game. Oldest player in WNBA history with a triple-double. Yeah, um, <laughs> balling. Balling like she a young – like she a little young thing. Yeah. Said, okay, um, now, get it. I don't see – personally, um, I'm saying it now. Mm-hmm. Y'all probably don't care. Nobody's beating the Las Vegas Aces this year. They're, they're taking the chip home. <sighs> you know what? I, I want to ride with you on that one, man, but – WNBA can be so tricky, just like any, just like the NBA, man. 
Cause like you can be on a hot streak and then, but they always been good though. Even last yeah, so Cambridge uh, out, they were good. So we talked about the Golden State ownership. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Las Vegas Aces ownership. Uh, Mark Davis, better known as the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, just the facility that that they play in. Uh, he made Asa Wilson the highest paid player in WNBA history. Uh, he is paying Becky Hammonds well over a million dollars to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's really uh, put his money where his mouth is uh, when it comes to WNBA ownership. I would like to see the WNBA expand. Mm-hmm. I do think um, we here in Detroit deserve – uh, I, I believe because there's been other t- cities talking about Nashville being one. Um, trying to think where else Sacramento was talked about at one point being another. Mm-hmm. Two places I believe deserve a WNBA franchise, a second shot. Um, Houston, they need to bring back the Houston Comets. Yeah, I don't um, understand why they even let that even go away. Who won the first four WNBA championships. Mm-hmm. And then here in Detroit, the Shock won three. Mm-hmm. I, I believe uh, when they talk about WNBA expansion, those should be the first two cities. Yeah, you definitely it's, – it's the right time. And um, now that I mentioned that too, and I'll go back to uh, someone that I mentioned earlier in the podcast – and I think this is a good opportunity for this young man to step up. And also, since he already has a good uh, rapport with uh, with Gores and everything, maybe Big Sean, this would be a good leap for him. If he can t- kind of go into ownership or think about ownership of a WNBA team, it really isn't that expensive um, because, of course, the salary cap and everything isn't really that high. Yeah. So, but and they need to expand that though too. The salary cap, the mm-hmm. rosters. Um, you had teams drafting players this year and cut them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is a joke. Yeah, I just that's why I believe that they need to expand the teams because it gives more people opportunity. Yeah, that way they don't have to go overseas and uh, and they need to expand like you said the salary cap. That way they don't have to go overseas like a Brittany Grinder who was trying to make extra money. And then get put into that situation, and um, which is unfortunate. And she still isn't home, so yeah, bring Brittany Griner home, please, please do. Um, I think she's one hell of a player and also a person. So, and I mean, we can do our part. Like I watch, particularly if uh, if it's the Las Vegas Aces or the Chicago Sky. Uh, so, I mean, do your part. Tune in, actually watch. If you have a WNBA team in your town, um, go. Mm-hmm. I know I'm planning probably next year to go out to Vegas to ca- catch an Aces game. Right. Um, I actually plan on uh, possibly going this year to uh, catch a Aces game. Um, in Cambridge, I-, I thought she was going to ball out. I know the Sparks are struggling. Yeah. But um, hopefully she can bounce back. She's like my favorite player. Um, her and Candace Parker, they both my favorites. So 
Uh, we got one of the same favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Love Candace Parker, but Asia Wilson's. No, Asia Wilson, she a beast too. I love that rookie from the uh, Washington Mystics too, man. Yeah. I think she's going to be special. Yeah, and Asia Wilson added the, the three-pointer to her game too this year. So, shout out to Becky Hammonds for bringing. Uh, I still think at some point she she does get the opportunity to coach in the NBA. Yeah, I, it just feels like um, the best opportunity she had was going to be right behind uh, Popovich. And I thought that would have been a good uh, – segue for her to like kind of like you know she was already under his tutelage I I just feel the San and we can talk about this on another podcast San Antonio stuck in purgatory right now so yeah because they're not really they're not really that great yeah yeah it's kind of like a revolving door for like certain players they come into town they leave so it's just all the rebuilding process so yeah but we can get out of here on this note for this bonus episode. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And we're starting to become your, your favorite podcast podcast. And follow us on Instagram at Motown and Coney Podcast. And we'll catch y'all on the B-side. Peace.